Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Still Becoming Podcast, a place where women like you and me find help to move from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Laura Acuna. The Still Becoming Podcast is where we gather to rethink our thinking about ourselves, our lives, and about our God. We will learn to reframe our shame and trade in limiting beliefs for the liberating truth from God's Word. And why the title Still Becoming? Because that's the Christian journey, isn't it? As we apply God's perfect Word to our lives for growth and change, we are always growing, always learning, and still becoming the women He created us to be. It's never perfect, and it's not too late. Do I need to say that again? It is never perfect, and it is not too late. I am so glad you're here for the journey, and I'm praying that God will speak directly to you through today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, this is episode four, season two of the Still Becoming podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Now, in episodes one through three, I've been having a conversation with you about navigating friendships in a cancel culture world. And in episode four today, I'm going to take a little bit of a detour and talk to you about what it means to be an older woman in the body of Christ. But you'll see there's a thread that will connect back to the first three episodes. Now, for today, I've been thinking a lot about a class I took when I returned to school 14 years ago. I returned to college. And the very first class I took was Psychology of the Aging. I love the class. And one thing I learned that was so fascinating was that adults go through their own developmental stages as they age, similar but not exactly like the stages children go through. You know, when we had children, we would read books and it would say at two years old, they should be doing this. And by three years old, they should be doing this. Well, it's the same thing with adults, only there's no ages attached to it, but there are documentable stages that have been studied that adults go through as they age. And I believe, if I remember correctly, the stage of 55 to 75 is the legacy stage. And now that I'm there, I wasn't there 14 years ago, but now that I'm there, I can see it happening in my own heart and mind. People my age, I'm 64, are thinking about their legacy and not necessarily in some grand way, but have I told them enough? Have I imparted the faith to everyone the way I want it to? Have I impressed upon them how important this is and what I've learned along the way? Have I said everything I need to say? Have I gone back and forgiven or done? You know, all of these things that wrap up into this idea of our legacy. And so it makes perfect sense to me that in God's book, in Titus 2, he talks to older women about their role and their responsibilities to younger women who are coming up behind them. So we're going to talk about that today. But first, I want to acknowledge that although there is much to look forward to, so much to look forward to, not just in this life, but the next, of course, aging can be hard. It can be hard. We have losses. We have things that we have to lay down. There are things that were coming in front of us that maybe we're not looking forward to. I'm just being honest. All that being said, It's a great season of life. It's a beautiful thing when you've lived a long time, experienced many things, and through those experiences, gained some wisdom. When you can look back over time and see the faithfulness of God, 
well, there's nothing more beautiful than that. A few years ago, in a blog post, Liz Curtis Higgs wrote this. When we're young, we imagine life will be like a bell curve. We'll climb upward, enjoy being on top of our game for a few years, and steadily decline until we quietly slip out of sight. That's not at all what God has in mind. Our life in Christ and our service to Him is ever ascending, moving forward and upward, gaining strength and momentum. This is entirely true, girls. I'm so grateful for Liz's reminder. Our Lord is so darn counterculture, and don't you just love Him for that? But this brings me to what's on my heart today. This message is primarily for my older sisters, but younger women, would you lean in and listen too? There's something in this message for you. In the middle of an immoral society in Crete, Paul's plan to influence that society for Christ hinged on developing church leaders and teaching the older men, older women, and younger men in the faith. And you can find that in Titus 2, 1 to 10. The male elders were to be an example to them. However, one important people group was conspicuously missing. The younger women were to be taught and coached, not by the male elders, but by older, godly women. In Titus 2, 3 to 5, we're given our marching orders. Older women, likewise, are to exhibit behavior fitting for those who are holy, not slandering, not slaves to excessive drinking, but teaching what is good. In this way, they will train the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, fulfilling their duties at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the message of God may not be discredited. Paul's message could not be any clearer. Godly character in a relationship between an older woman and a younger woman is a critical aspect of our growth as believers. And sisters, our growth directly impacts our families and in turn, our society. Now, I wish I could tell you that all of my experiences with older women, especially as a younger woman, when I first started leading in the church, I wish I could tell you they were all positive, but I'd be lying. Quite honestly, there were times Again, especially in my early 30s, when some of my encounters with older women, especially those in power, were brutal. They were hurtful. They were humiliating, made me want to quit on many occasions. But I learned early on that we can ruminate over our negative experiences, we can quit, or we can use them as teachable moments to develop our own character. And as time went on, and I would look back on those awful experiences, I would say to myself, when I'm an older woman, I will never treat a younger woman that way. And when I was taught, Titus 2, how older women are to behave, it made perfect sense to me. And so again, I vowed that I would be a Titus 2 woman to the best of my ability, imperfect as it is, but that I would never treat a younger woman the way some of those women treated me. Thankfully, that isn't all there is to my story. There have been many, many dear older, godly women who have encouraged me, carefully admonished me, and met me smack in the middle of my immaturity. They gracefully allowed me to be me, and what patience they displayed, my goodness. I was talked off the ledge a few times, straightened out, prayed for, understood, and even called sweetie. They led me not to themselves, but straight to the feet of Jesus. I've watched them age well, work through their problems, deal with heartache, illness, and loss and still carry on with Christ. All of it done with love and all done in humility, seasoned with extreme grace. 
And in those early years, I needed those examples during the confusing time of raising my boys, figuring out my role as a wife, a young leader, and a Christ follower. As I got older, they walked with me through the teen years, through the college years, and through the empty nest when not only did my household change, but my marriage moved into a new season. They walked with me during the years when I launched my ministry and was so afraid. They encouraged me. They walked with me. And some of them freely showed me how to publish my first book. It is impossible for me to convey to you how much I needed those older, wiser, godly women in my life. And I still do. And now that I am an older woman, and I've been one for a while, I so desperately want to do the same thing for the younger women coming up behind me. And so where are you, my friend? Are you an older woman like me? Do you have a daughter-in-law or two? Do you have a niece, a granddaughter? What about the women you work with? And of course, the women at your church. It's our time now. We've been given our marching orders. And it's our turn to walk in the footsteps of the women who went before us and showed us the way, emulate their character, and breathe life and love into the young women coming up behind us. But it won't happen if we check out. It won't happen if we believe we have nothing to offer. And we've been told clearly in scripture that this is one of our roles as older women, and we must do it. It will be imperfect like everything else, but we must do it. And here's why. Because the scripture tells us that if we do not exhibit behavior fitting for those who are holy, the message of God will be discredited. Proverbs 31.26 says this, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Well, friends, I'm so excited to tell you that my new book, Still Becoming, Hope, Help, and Healing for the Diet-Weary Soul, has just been released. You can find it on my website, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, ChristianBook.com, and other online retailers. Still Becoming is a 31-day devotional journal that takes you on a sacred journey where you'll discover true freedom and that healing and peace have nothing to do with the number on the scale. Join me and learn to rethink your struggles with disordered eating, body image, and dieting through the lens of self-compassion and God's grace. So what does it look like to be a Titus II woman pointing a younger woman to Christ? Well, if you've listened to the first three episodes of season two of the Still Becoming podcast, you know that I've been having a conversation about navigating friendships in a cancel culture world. And everything that I've shared with you so far in those episodes is applicable to this relationship too. So if you haven't listened to those episodes yet, go back especially episode three, where I talk about how to handle conflict and hard conversations, because that will be something we will need to do along the way. But in the meantime, I've come up with eight attributes that reflect a Titus II woman. They are attributes that I've really appreciated in older women as they've guided me throughout my life, and they are attributes that I aspire to imperfectly. But here's the thing. It will never be perfect, and that can be a really good excuse not to do it, but we can't. There's a biblical mandate calling us older women to do this, and God will never ask us to do anything he doesn't give us the power to do, so we must do it. 
So here are the eight attributes of a Titus II woman. The first is non-judgmental, and that's a big one. Again, in episode three, that will be very helpful to go into more detail about this. But discernment is a completely different thing than judgment, a completely different thing. Above all, she needs to have her dignity preserved and her value communicated in a kind and loving way. She needs our empathy, flexibility, and help, not our judgment. Second, humility. There's no place for entitlement, rank, control, or pride. And all we need to do is see Jesus's example for this. The third one is transparency and authenticity. She wants to be let in on our own struggles, both past and present, because this gives her hope. She isn't looking for perfect role models. She wants us to be our true selves. Four, a biblical foundation. She wants to see us actively seeking the word of God and applying it to our lives for growth and change. And then five, honesty. We need to accurately remember that it was hard for us when we were younger too. There is no need to tell her that our life was different, easier, better, worse, harder, or whatever when we were young women because that isn't helpful to her today. For us to complain and say, well, you know, I just don't know what I would ever do if my kids used iPhones the way your kids do, that is not helpful to her. She lives in a different time and she has to deal with the technology as best she can. She has fears about that and concerns. So we can choose to not be educated about that and not enter into that with her, or we can become educated ourselves and be empathetic and give her help and kindness and love and guidance. The sixth one is grace-filled. She will do things differently, but she gets the space and grace to try them out, succeed, and even make mistakes. Seven, accountability. We can be honest and hold her accountable. We can warn and admonish in extreme grace. She should feel loved after encountering us, not judged. There's that word judged again. And then the eighth is really important, especially in church or in workplaces. There are times when we need to move aside and let her have her time, her moment. We've had ours. We've had ours. And when we do move aside and let her have her moment, she's going to do it differently than we do. And that's okay. And we don't get sent out to pasture and we don't check out. We take on a new role, a deeper role of encourager. Now, in case you think that I have all these nailed down, I'm going to tell you again, it's not perfect, but I do aspire to this. I really do. It means a lot to me in my relationship with my daughter-in-law, with my nieces, with the young women that I lead at church and other women in my life. It just means a lot to me. And I want to do this as best as I can. So as I end and before our soul fitness exercise, I want to say this. We can either be a thermometer or a thermostat. A thermometer just reflects the temperature of the room. That's it. But a thermostat sets the temperature in the room. And I want us to remember that when there's trouble, when there's trouble in our world, when there's trouble in our family, when there's trouble in our church. Older women have a great opportunity to be the thermostat and set the temperature, the calm, the reassuring, the truthful temperature. So keep that in mind as we go along. It is an honor to live long enough to live this out, isn't it? It really is. So may God help us all to be life givers, to build up, to not tear down, to take her hand and place it in the hand of Jesus. So now for the soul fitness, strengthening your core exercise. And this is for both older and younger women. Open your journal and make a list 
of the women who have greatly impacted your walk with Christ. Some of you will have a long list. Some of you will have a short list. But write those names down and write down what you appreciate about each one and what they taught you. And then I'm going to challenge you. Sometime in the coming week, would you text, would you call, or would you write a note to those women and thank them specifically for the impact they've had in your faith and in your life? And let me pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I lift up my sisters who are listening today. And Father, we've had a mixed bag of experiences with older women in our lives. And I just want to simply ask that each one of us take the disappointing relationships that we've had and the heartache and the hurt and use it as a way to shape ourselves going forward, making a vow that we can do better. Father, thank you for growing us up in both the joyful and the hard experiences. And Father, I also want you to remind me and each sister listening that our role as Titus II women in this world is a game changer, not only for individual women who come up behind us, but for our society and for the world. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, girlfriends, that's it for today's episode. But before you go, will you please hit subscribe or follow at the button at the top of this page? And while you're there, will you please leave me a review? This small ask helps the Still Becoming podcast reach more women who need this life-giving message. And if you've been listening for a while and would like an opportunity to support the Still Becoming podcast, I have a fun way that you can do that. You can buy me a coffee. This is an inexpensive way to help my ministry, and it's a little silly too. The link, along with all the others, is in the show notes. May God bless you until we meet again. I'll see you next time on the Still Becoming podcast. 